Good Sunday morning, and welcome to Crestview Baptist Church. We're so glad that you chose to come out and worship with us today in the cold weather and soon-to-be rainy weather today, but it's still a wonderful day that the Lord has made, and I'm glad to have you with us. If you're a visitor with us for the first time, um, there are some visitor cards in the pews in front of you. If you would fill one of those out and uh, drop it in the offering box on the way out, we would love to have a record of your visit. Uh, if you're watching us at home on Facebook or YouTube, we're so glad you chose to join us. Um, I don't have a whole lot of announcements to get us started, so uh, just to let you know that uh, this Thursday night uh, there is a work day planned. Um, a couple of things we got to work on, along with getting uh, Christmas decorations down, I believe. Uh, so that's 6 o'clock uh, this coming Thursday. And then the only other announcement other than, uh, just remember we have our Wednesday night services for our youth, children, and our adult Bible study. And then uh, next Sunday uh, is a deacon's meeting Sunday that morning. And uh, there'll be a business meeting right after church next Sunday. He's not listening. He told me to welcome visitors. <laughs> but, uh, yes, if you're visiting, welcome again. But um, I just invite you to turn your hearts toward God this morning as uh, we uh, focus on him and worship him this morning. That's what I get for not paying attention to what Chad says. <laughs> well, I know you do it all the time. You're married to him, though. So, but welcome. Thank you for being here. We're glad everybody's here. Um, as we begin our time together, we need to really pray for several people that are in our congregation. We have several that are out with uh, respiratory infections. Um, we do have some that have COVID. Um, Miss B is in the hospital. She is awaiting transfer to a rehab facility um, that has COVID. She has COVID. Um, I sat with her, went up to the hospital, and actually got to sit with her uh, Wednesday for uh, several hours. So that's why I'm sort of staying away just to make sure I'll have my mask on. But what we ask you for the, as, as congregants of our church, we will not cancel service. We will have our doors open, and we, even if we don't have anybody in the congregation, we're still going to have church here. It'll be available online, but what I do ask you is use the sense that God gave you. If you are sick, stay home. You are able to make decisions for yourselves. If you come and want to wear a mask, we have masks available. You are welcome to do that. If you come and don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You're going to be loved on and welcomed just like anybody else. But use your sense. If you don't feel safe, stay home. We have our services online. You will still be able to participate. Use common sense which is not very common nowadays but we want you to know that regardless of what happens and the number of cases we have several out several that have been to the hospital 
we will still continue to have service. Even if it gets to where I'm sitting here by myself staring at Chad, we will still be here to have church. And if you want to come, you're more than welcome to come. If you don't want to come, stay at home, join us online. Because we are still going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will not close the doors again because of this. So just use your common sense and pray for the ones that are sick right now. We know that this virus can be very deadly. But we also know that we serve the almighty God, the makers of heaven and earth. And there is nothing that can remove him from his throne. And he is in control of it all. And he says that there is appointed unto men once to die. And then the judgment. Jesus also says, what good does it do to worry? You can't add a single day to your lifespan. He is in control. So just remember that. And as we go to the Lord in prayer, remember to pray for Miss B, pray for the Hicks family, the, uh, the Barcher family still got some sickness. We have several others that have tested positive. We have some that are awaiting test results. So just pray for families. We have some that are awaiting surgeries. Um, so pray for each other. Our prayer list is out in the foyer on the, the Welcome Center. So grab one of those, and you can see all the updated prayer lists, as, uh, prayer concerns as of this morning. So uh, take a look at that on your way out if you've not already got one. And at this time, let's join together in prayer as we begin our service. Yes, ma'am. What's his name? Leland Howe. Howe. He's got cancer. This is uh, Lisa Pendleton's mom and dad's neighbor and best friend. So pray for him as well. Okay. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come by bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, it is so humbling to think that we, as sinful human beings, are welcomed into the throne of grace, that we can come into the Holy of Holies and bow down before your throne and make our petitions known. Dear Lord, we don't deserve to be able to do that. But dear Lord, we're able to do that because of your love for us. Because you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to be born of a virgin, born in a manger, laid in a cattle trough, to walk this earth as one of us, For 30 plus years. And then to offer himself as the perfect sacrifice. To shed his blood for us. On the cross. That we may be able to have. Forgiveness of our sins. That we can have a renewed relationship with you. And not only a relationship. But that we are adopted. As children into your family. And that we have the right as children's co-heirs with Jesus Christ himself to enter before you 
to talk to you as our Heavenly Father. And we praise you for that, dear Lord. And as we gather together today in this house, we ask that we are of one heart and one mind as we worship you today. That every word, every song, everything that is thought will be to your honor and glory. And we ask just for this short hour that you take all the thoughts and concerns of our daily lives and you block them from our minds so that we may fully concentrate on you today. The Lord be with the choir. As they sing and Sandra, she leads us in worship that we may not just repeat the words, but we will actually praise you today. We ask you to be with Chad that as he brings the children's sermon today, that dear Lord, that you would allow us to receive it as the, with faith as a child, that we will hear you speak. And Lord, we ask that you be with me today as I bring the message that you have given to me to share, that you will speak to us through it and that we will know how to respond when we hear God calling us. And dear Lord, I ask for you to be with the ones that are sick right now, that I ask you to heal them, that you strengthen their bodies and you perform a miracle in their lives. Dear Lord, we ask you to be with the ones that don't know you as their Savior. That you would allow us to be your witnesses that we may be able to draw them closer to you and that your Holy Spirit will convict them until they come to know you as their Savior. And dear Lord, as we continue this day, we give you all the honor and praise for it. We ask that your Spirit move among your people that you open our hearts and our ears, that we will know that it is good to be in the house of the Lord. And we ask all of this in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. What an honor and a privilege it is for us to gather in God's house today and to sing praises to him. So let us stand as we sing 236 Bless that wonderful name. We'll sing the first, the second, and the fourth verses. 236. Would you stand?
you, but I want my kids to come down forward this morning. I know I've got Izzy and Anderson and Kira, and I know I've got some watching at home. Here, Anderson. I feel weird if I'm standing up there doing the children's sermon and not down here with little with kids looking at me. Uh, I am so glad to see you guys today. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I wanted to share something with you guys. We're going to talk a little bit about um, what Paul says in Philippians. But I got a question for you guys. Who's ever run a race? Raise your hand if you've ever ran a race before. You ever ran a race, Izzy? There's two kinds of races. Do you know what kind? There's two kinds of races you can run. There's a, a short race where you're just running for a short distance trying to reach a goal, and there's a long race. One of the really long races is called a what? Does anybody know what a really long race is called? Huh? A marathon. Good job, Karen. How did you know that? A really long race is called a marathon. So a marathon is 26 miles and 385 yards long. If I ran that far, that would be the last I ever ran. I wouldn't, because um, I'm pretty out of shape. But a marathon is a really long race. And a lot of times, because of what goes into a marathon, everybody who finishes a marathon, if you finish it, you'll get a reward for finishing the marathon. Like if you're in a short race, they're going to give you prizes for first, second, and third. Now, in a marathon, they may give you prizes for first, second, and third, too, but they also give you some kind of reward because you put so much time and effort into training for a 26-mile race. I just want to know, has anybody in here ever ran a marathon? Anybody in here? No? All right, we're doing one. Next, next spring, we're all running a marathon. All right. <laughs> um, so a marathon is a really long lake. It's kind of like life. Did you know that? Life is a, is a journey that we have in front of us. And once we've completed that, our journey of life, if we've ran that life and we have Jesus in our heart, we may not be perfect. We may not have done everything that we're going to, we, that we, what we could have done or should have done. But if we have Jesus in our heart while we run that marathon of life, guess what? We all get a prize. Did you know that? What is that prize we get? If we have Jesus in our heart and we run the marathon of life, what prize do we get? Eternal life with Jesus. After. Isn't that awesome that we do that? Um, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, now, this is kind of confusing for you guys, but I'll, I'll kind of try to explain it to you a little bit. It says, not that I have already attained, or I am already perfect, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that which Christ has also laid hold of. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. When we go through our marathon of life, we're going to fall short. We're going to have troubles along the way. We're going to trip and we're going to fall. But we keep our faith in God and we keep that salvation, we keep that love of Jesus in our heart and that salvation that Jesus gives us in our heart. 
and we keep running that marathon, we're going to get that prize at the end of our race. It's going to be hard. Listen, running 26 miles would be really, really hard for me to do. And then, but you think you could do it? But running, living to be 90, 85, 90 years old, man, think of how many mistakes you're going to make in that time. I'm only 37 years old, and I couldn't count the number of mistakes I made. If I live 37 more years, my mistakes are going to be way on up there. I know they are because I'm a human, and I make mistakes every day. But thanks to Jesus Christ and his love for us, we know that that prize is still waiting for us at the end of our race, that that eternity with Jesus Christ is there. Isn't that awesome? I think it's very awesome. We're going to pray, and I'm going to have you guys sit back down, okay? God, thank you so much for this day, for each one of these guys that are up here with us today and for our ones that are home. Lord, we pray that they all get better and we miss them. Lord, just uh, help us to remember as we run through this marathon of life that we're going to stumble and we're going to fall along the way. But to keep our head up and to keep going, fighting for that prize, Lord, that we know one day we'll get to spend an eternity in heaven with you. All this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ.
Thank you, choir. I don't want to rebuke Chad for saying that we're going to have a, a, a marathon this next year. But I do want to tell you this. That if you ever see me running at all, you better run too because something bigger and uglier than I am is coming after me. So just uh, keep that in mind if we do have a marathon. But I invite you this morning to turn to our scripture today. If you don't have your Bible, it will be on the screen as well as in the bulletin. It's 1 Samuel 3, and our focal verses are verses 8 through 10. And the title of the sermon is How to Respond to God's Call. 
the scripture in 1 Samuel, most of us know this story. It's about Samuel. Now, Samuel was an interesting case. You see, Samuel's mom was barren. She was not able to have children, and she wanted to have children so bad. So she prayed, and she earnestly prayed. In fact, when she was at the temple and she was praying, she prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed so much that the priest actually thought she was drunk. And she prayed and she promised God that if he would, she would, or if God would allow her to have a son, that she would give her, that son back to God. And God answered her prayer, and she had a son, and she kept him with her until he was of age. Usually in the Jewish family, that meant that they were about 12, 13 years of age and ready to go be an apprentice and learn a skill or a trade and prepare for his family. So that's where we pick up this story. Samuel is in the temple. He is learning to be a priest. So if you would stand as we read God's word together this morning... And as I said, our focal verses are 8 through 10. And this is what is recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you shall say, Speak, Lord. For thy servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in the place. Then the Lord came and stood and called at, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for thy servant is listening. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask that you bless the reading of your word. But I also ask, dear Lord, that we would listen to what you have to say to us through this scripture. That we may know how to respond when you call us. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Some may look and say, well, he's just preaching to Christians today. Well, yes, I am preaching to Christians, but I am preaching to everyone that will hear a call from God. So the first thing I want to show you is that God wants to use you and he will call you. And I'm going to ask you to jump back to the beginning part of this this scripture or this passage. And we're going to look at verses 4 through 7. In verse 4. That the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. 
Then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you. Lay down again. So he went and laid down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. And then verse 7, Now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. This is why I'm telling you that I'm speaking to both those that have, been, have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and those that are not there yet. Because here it says very clearly, Samuel did not know the Lord, yet God was calling him. God will call you. He wants to use you. But here is something that we have to realize. That we have to judge what we think God may be telling us by what He has certainly told us in His Word. You see, there's a lot of people out there that will say, well, God told me to do this. And in most cases, it is something that goes against God's character and most definitely God's Word. God is not going to call you to do anything that is contrary to what he says in his word or what is contrary to his character. He will not do it. So I'm going to tell you this. If God's telling you to go blow up something and you think God's telling you to go blow up something or God's telling you to go kill this person, God is not telling you that. He is not telling you that. Because God will not tell you to do something that goes contrary to His Word and to His character. Last week, we studied and we heard about the sanctity of human life. We are all created in His image. God wants to save all of us. He wants to rescue all of us. And when we take somebody else's life, I'm not saying that there's not a time to do that. Because in Genesis it does say that whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. There are consequences to our actions. But God's not going to call us to do anything that's going to jeopardize that person coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Please understand that. He will not contradict himself. And here's the second thing that we need to understand about God's calling is that God will confirm His Word usually in a variety of ways. People say all the time, how do I know God is calling me to do something? Or how do I know it's God telling me to do this? Well, one thing, He won't let go of you. He will confirm it time and time again. He will confirm it through His Word. I'm going to tell you, when I was struggling with being called into the ministry, I struggled. I'm like, I kept giving them excuse after excuse after excuse. I was like Moses, Gideon, and everybody else rolled up into one, and I was giving him every excuse I could think of of why I couldn't do it. And every time I opened 
the Bible. Every time I read a scripture, it was about God using imperfect people for his perfect plan. And what he did through people that just made themselves available to him. Even though they were sinful, even though they made mistakes, even though they were idolaters, even though they were murderers, even though they were not perfect, God still used them. He confirmed with me through his word. Then he also confirms through other people. I can't tell you how many times that I've been here that I have been feeling God leading me to do something or preach something, and I will have somebody else come in my office having no idea that I was struggling with this, and they would say, hey, how would you feel about if I feel God telling us that we need to do this? He will use other people to confirm His will to you. He will use... Countless ways of confirming what he is telling you. He's not just going to tell you once. He will not let go of you until you do it. Or if you refuse to do it, he's going to go tell somebody else to do it. And, but he will not let go of you until you do what he's asking you to do. So how do we respond to God's call? How do we respond to it? It's the same way whether we're, we're feeling the call of Christ to accept Him or feeling God calling us to do something. How do we respond? Well, let's look at what Eli told Samuel in verses 8 through 10 again. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy, and Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. That the Lord, or Eli said, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you shall speak, Lord, or or, shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood and called as the other times, and Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The first thing is that you have to make yourself available for God to speak. God's not going to speak to you unless you're available for Him to speak to. You have to be ready. See, Eli says, first thing he told him, he says, go back and lay down. Samuel was obedient. He went back and laid down. What did he tell Elijah when Elijah was going through his pity party and he was hiding in the cave? What did he say? Be still. You have to be available. When we pray, a lot of times we don't hear God talking to us or speaking to us when we pray because we are not still. We are too busy playing like God is Santa Claus and telling him everything that we want, but we don't shut up long enough to listen to what he has to say back to us. We have to be still. Like Samuel, we have to go back and lay down and wait for God to speak. 
We have to be available. You see, before, when I was feeling convicted about accepting Christ, I've shared this many times. I made myself so busy that I kept going until I was physically exhausted and fell to sleep out of sheer exhaustion because I was scared of being still. I was afraid that if I stopped, that God was going to take me out. So I refused to be still. It wasn't until I was still and made to be still that I responded to his call. And then the second thing, and how do we respond to God's call? After we are, make ourselves available to hear his call or hear his, him speak, we obediently wait for him to speak. See, he didn't, Eli did not tell Samuel to sit there and when he spoke, he says, wait, if he chooses, basically, to speak again, this is how you respond. See, he says, and if it shall be, if he calls you, if he calls you, obediently waiting, you remember with us going through Acts on Wednesdays, that in Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells the disciples that are gathered around him on the mount, he says, what? Stay here in Jerusalem and wait for the promised one. Wait for, to receive that which I am going to send you. And they went back. And they gathered together in the upper room and they spent time praying. They went about their business of the, uh, of the church. They elected a new apostle to replace Judas. But they waited to hear from God. They expected to hear from God. But they were obedient in their waiting. They weren't just sitting there doing nothing but they were obediently waiting. And so when Samuel heard the call the fourth time, he was ready to act on it. And that brings us to the third thing that we need to do and how to respond is that he actively responded when God spoke. And we need to actively respond when God speaks. See, Eli told him, this is what you say if he, if he calls you again, that you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then if you look down, when God spoke in verse 10, and he called him again, Samuel, Samuel, he said, speak, for your servant is listening. Actively respond. Be ready to go. We need to be prepared to act when we hear God calling. If Jesus is calling you to accept Him as your personal Savior, you need to be ready to respond to that. 
Because He is calling you to, to accept Him and to allow Him to change your life. He wants to redeem you. You need to be prepared to actively respond when He calls. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, He wants to do something through you. And He is calling you to do something right now. You need to be prepared. I don't know that if I've ever told you guys this. I can't remember if I have or not. I know many people know this story. But when we were going through the process of finding a pastor for our church, and I was the youth pastor, and I had been called, asked to be the interim pastor. Actually, I don't even think I'd been called, asked to be the interim pastor at this point. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if God was going to call me here, if the people were going to accept me here as the pastor since I'd been the youth pastor for so long. I didn't know. So I went to an FCA event with the youth at Gardner-Webb. And the swim coach at that time spoke And he said, if you say that you want to be obedient to what God is calling you to do, you better be ready to move. And that stuck with me. So I began praying about what God wanted me to do. And God led me to this little church in this small town that had been looking for a pastor for three years. And God says, I want you to submit your resume. And I'm like, God, you don't know. You don't know. So I said... So I asked Ginger, I said, Ginger, how do you feel about this? And she goes, I don't know about that one. I said, well, can we pray about it? And she, and she said, yes. And then I called my mom and dad and my brothers and my sister, and I said, can you guys pray with me about this? I want to do what God wants me to do. They weren't too thrilled about the prospects either. I hadn't said anything to any of my children. Hadn't said anything to anybody here. And so about a week later, Ginger came back, and I'd already got the answer from God. Ginger came back, and she said, I think that you need to do it. I, I feel God saying, this is what you need to do. So I did. Didn't think much about it, but I submitted my resume. And they contacted me back, wanting me some more information. And so I told David, who was the interim pastor at the time, David Webb, and I told Sandra at a staff meeting, neither one of them liked it at all. Um, Then we started telling our kids that, hey, we submitted a resume And you know, it would have been an interesting 
situation if they had decided to call me as their pastor. Because the little church was in Kodiak Island, Alaska. And we were ready to go. But God had other plans. Because from the moment I submitted my resume to that church, God started doing things here. But it was, but I firmly believe, and nobody can convince me otherwise, when I made myself available to God and said, I'm willing to do and go wherever it is you want me to go and whatever it is you want me to do. If it's to stay at Crestview, I'll stay at Crestview. Is it, if it's to send me to Kodiak Island, Alaska, I will go to Kodiak Island, Alaska, knowing that only two of my children would be going with me. That Jonathan would have to spend his senior year here by himself, that he would not go with us. That I would not be able to get to my mom and dad. But the moment I accepted and was obedient to what he was telling me to do, that's when he started moving here. I firmly believe he was waiting to see if I really meant what I said I was going to do. And he was waiting for me to actively respond to what he was leading me to do. But once I did it, we all know what happened next. That's what he wants from all of us. And we all have to be willing to, to move when he calls. We have to be willing to actively respond. And then the fourth thing is that we have to listen humbly when he calls. So many times that we, just like I did, oh God, you really don't know what you're talking about. We act like Peter. When Jesus told him that he was going to die, Peter's like, oh no, he, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You, can't, you are not, this is not what's going to happen. And how did God, Jesus respond to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. How much has changed in Peter's life from that time when he was trying to tell Jesus that Jesus didn't know what he was talking about, that he was not going to offer himself as a sacrifice, to the point where he's preaching the sermon on Pentecost. And he is willing to die. How much changed in his life? Because he was ready to do what God told him to do. No matter what the cost. He went from being the one that thought he knew everything to being the one that says, I don't know everything, but Jesus does. And Jesus is the one that's going to change things. We have to humbly, because look how, how Eli tells Samuel to respond when he hears God calling. He says, speak. For your servant listens. And how did Samuel respond to him? He says, speak for your servant listens. Your servant. See, a servant lives his life according to the wishes and the will of the master. He does not think himself better than the master. Master. 
but he is willing and committed to doing whatever the master asks of him. And we have to humble ourselves and accept the fact that we are not the ones in control. There is not a thing that we can do to change anything. But we have to submit ourselves to the one that does. We can't fix ourselves. We can't fix anybody else. But we can lead them to the one that knows how to fix and will fix. He is the one, Jesus Christ, that will fill every empty spot in our lives if we allow him to do so. He was the one that will mend our hearts, that will mend our lives. He is the one that walks with us and sticks closer than a brother. If we get to the point where we realize that we are not the ones in control and we humble ourselves and accept what he is calling for us to do. Do I know what God is calling you to do? No, I don't. But I do know how he wants us to respond. He wants us to make ourselves available. He wants us to actively listen for his call. He wants us to be obedient and actively respond to his call. And he wants us to humble ourselves and allow him to do what he wants to do through us. And I do know that each and every person sitting in this room and every single person watching online or listening, God is calling you. He has got something that He wants you to do in 2022. There is something that God wants you to do. It's either accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Accept the fact that He has died to redeem you, to pay the cost of your sin, and to change your life forevermore. And if you've already done that, He wants to use you in making sure that other people are doing that. How does that happen? I don't know. I would have never thought in a million years that I would be standing behind a pulpit proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. I definitely didn't think that I would be talking and speaking to people that are not even in the room, that they would be watching and listening online. But here I am. And God wants to use you to reach those around you that do not know Jesus Christ. In your business, in your work, in your, in your daily activities. What is it that God's calling you to do? How does He want to use you? And are you ready to do whatever it is He asks you to do? Church, we don't know what the future holds. We are living in in more uncertain times now than we've ever lived before. But one fact remains the same. Jesus still saves.
that will never change. And we have to to get the idea that we won't shut up until we're used up. Okay? We're not going to stop spreading and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ until we are completely used up and we're reaching as many people as we possibly can. How does God want to use you in 2022? How does God want to use you? Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 312, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling, 312. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for visiting with us. If you're visiting, we hope you enjoyed it. Please take the opportunity to stop by our Welcome Center and fill out a a visitor's card if this is your first time so that we can just have a record of your attendance and see if there's anything that we can pray for you about or, or, or anything that we can help you with. Don't forget, Wednesday night, regular services, 630 having a work day Thursday at 6 o'clock to, to do some different things and take down decorations, put up the, uh, the luminaries from outside. So please join us for that at 6 o'clock here at the building. And don't forget, pray. Pray for those around you. Pray for those that are needing healing. But just pray. And then listen to what God has to say back to you. Thank you for being here, and I'm going to ask Joe McCurry if he would come up as our deacon of the week and dismiss us in prayer. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message. We thank you for the obedience of our pastor to deliver that message to us. Lord, you don't call the gifted. You gift the call. All you want from us, Lord, is a yes, and then you will give the gift of what we need, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to serve you, to, to be your hands, your feet, to be the salt and the light that Jesus has called us to be. In the book of Isaiah, you asked a question. Who will go for us? Who can ascend? 
Lord, may we be willing to say yes to be that light that you have called us to be. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.